Hey folks, how's everybody doing? It's Thursday afternoon, and you know what time that is. It's time to turn it up. Here we go. Hey, crowdfunders, how is everybody doing out there in podcast land? Everybody having a great week? I know I am, so that's good for me. Um, but uh, so in this podcast, I like to talk to project creators who have an active campaign on Kickstarter, Indiegogo, and I like to deconstruct what they're doing uh, currently and then what they did to lead up to be successful, hence the name Successfully Funded. So I think it's important to, for you guys to understand where my mindset is when I'm trying to do these interviews is I want my information to be as close to current as humanly possible in an ever-changing climate. Every day there's a new tool. Every day there's a new strategy. Uh, I don't know. Every quarter it seems like Facebook or Twitter or somebody's changing an algorithm. So this is why I thought it was really super important to make sure that, that we're talking to campaigns that are active. Stuff that happened, that you know, stuff that worked, I should say, a couple weeks ago, six months ago three months ago, so that when you're getting ready to launch your campaign, you are getting the absolute freshest content. So on today's episode, uh, I got a chance to talk to Petter Shenanke uh, Olsen. Shenanke Olsen? Man, these names from international um, conversations are going to be the death of me, but I'm working on it. So Petter Olsen, I'm just going to go with that, has a, uh, um, has a really good uh, Kickstarter campaign for the board game Kill the King out there. And I talked to him. So he had a smaller goal, you know, uh, about $3,600 U.S. And he's doubled that. He's at, you know, or getting real close to doubling. Well, no, excuse me. I'm bad at math. He is doubling it. He's at $7,000 with 14 days to go. So I wanted to have a conversation with him because the last conversation I had was with a board game that had a huge following and they've ran a whole bunch of them. And I wanted to kind of get the flip side of that and talk to Petzer about, you know, the first time out of the gate. So so I thought this was a good comparison to a, um, a board game that's ran, um, I think, what, 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 what did Michael in the last conversation have? He ran uh, seven or eight campaigns, and and Petzer is on his first one with the idea of running more. So I really enjoyed the fact that you got to hear kind of two different sides of the conversations. Um, and and again, for me, as everybody I knows, I'm not a huge board game guy, but I'm I'm learning. And and I I decided on this one to also have Paul Luan join me because um, I thought it was important to kind of get a, a board gamer in there to maybe ask a few tougher questions that maybe I'm not aware of. And Paul did a great job in this interview. So that's coming up later. Um, so. After my conversation with Michael, I, I really, um, really got inspired to think about how he was a server uh, who ended up turning, you know, his life into this, you know, board game guru, for lack of a better term, or a Kickstarter guru, for that, for that matter. And it just kind of made me reminisce about, you know, some of you out there might know I spent 15 years in the serving industry, you know, and it's always in my back pocket that, God, I might have to go back to it because, you know, <laughs> you know, always living. Uh, week to week, weekend to weekend for paycheck. So, um, you know, so I, I've just been thinking a lot about, you know, how good that was to be in the service culture, to see how people react to things, to see, you know, uh, you know, and, and the companies I worked for, I worked for a company, uh, I worked for Red Lobster for a bunch of years. That was the big corporate world. Um, I worked for a smaller Ann Arbor restaurant called Pizza House, which is, you know, a very busy restaurant right downtown on campus. And then I spent the last seven or eight years um, working at a brewery called Grizzly Peak in Ann Arbor, which is also very busy, a um, lot of customers. 
a lot of great branding that they that they that they work on consistently. So so I spent a lot of time in this field of just really understanding how important language is, how important consistency is, brand, and I think some of that stuff really ran off. And when Michael was talking about it, it it, it, it just kind of re-sparked that as to I'm very thankful that I've had the amount, maybe not the amount of years, but the time spent in these sort of cultures, really just kind of soaking it in day by day. Um, you know, always being customer facing and, and, and really just thinking about, you know, when I approach something, how much I'm approaching it from the perspective of the consumer as opposed to the business person. In a lot of my conversations, I find everybody's in their own headspace, right? Like, you know, I just don't understand. Why won't somebody support this? I've worked two years on it. And the, and the truth is nobody gives up, beep, you know, nobody cares about your story, Nobody wants to fund your life. I, I had a conversation a couple days ago that still just kind of rocked me because it was a man, a guy in his 30s who, who was literally like asking for $150,000 in camera gear without really any – his rewards were T-shirts. And he just literally was like, I don't understand. Once I get this equipment, I'm going to go turn this into a business and I'm going to be – you know, it's like, well, that's a fun my life. You know, it's it's the I don't know if, you know if you guys ever see Boogie Nights, but uh, uh, something that Sean and Paul and I use around here is is that that scene with Dirk Diggler and he's at the recording studio. And he's like, you know, if you just give me the tapes, I go to the record label, I get the deal, and I give you your money. It's that simple, you know. And it's like that mentality seeps into a lot of the conversations with people who are first into crowdfunding. Um, and, and it's funny how even the most successful campaigns, everybody's like, man, I would have done a whole bunch of stuff differently. And, and those campaigns that, that kind of fund on maybe not the best marketing strategy, those are just the ideas that are absolutely borderline brilliant. Uh, I'm, I'm going to have a conversation that's going to come up next week on Monday um, with a company out of San Francisco where you know, they said, hey, we would have done a bunch of stuff differently. But when you look at the core concept of their, of their idea – it's borderline brilliant. It's a no-brainer. Those, those are, you know, those are few and far between out there. Yes, they exist, and that's what you know. It's great to have those conversations with those companies, but that is definitely not the norm. The norm is the really the best way to get a project funded is a solid, solid marketing plan and great outreach, and building a community through a mailing list and and just you know basically being open and honest. Um, some of the some. One of the conversations, um, I had a little business meeting yesterday with the Woodshed team, and, and something we were really focusing on is with our clients, with our consultants, is how do we get them to really basically almost kind of change the being, basically change how they are, really become a, set, a social media focus around whatever their topic is, whether it's you know um, a, a, a board game or a, a product or you know just an idea. That, that you have to really truly become that and be social active everywhere. Everywhere you see, there's probably an opportunity for you to interject something. Whether, uh, you know, what's in my mind right now is uh, I've got a product company and, and, you know, they're bringing something to launch. Well, there's a whole bunch of conversations that you can be a part of that not, might not be completely specific to your, to your niche market, but but you can at least still be a part of the conversations because you don't know where that conversation spin off where, you know, their brother might be in their niche market, their son might be in a niche market, daughter, whatever it might be. You just don't know. And you have the ability that if you're not careful, you can just not, not be vocal enough. So enough of that. 
So I, I just wanted to kind of chime in a little bit on it. Um, and, and, but I, I do want to kick to my conversation with Petzer because uh, I thought Paul and I did a great job of, of really seeing the other side of the coin on a campaign when you're, you know, when you're really thinking about building multiple ones of these, but you've got to get the ball rolling. And this conversation with Petzer I, I thought was great, and, and uh, I really dug. He, had, he has a, a cool reward idea that I think is something that I hope all, you know, other people think about is I, I loved his idea of going to a, um, a pub, a local pub, to play the game and have a sort of, uh, a, you know, it cut down on shipping costs. It was a community-building thing. Just a lot of goodness would come out of that reward, and he's had success with it. So, all right, enough of this. Mind you, real quick, let's get me up to the new and noteworthy. Download more episodes. Tell a friend. Please help me out. Help me out. If you love what you're, you're hearing on here, you got to share it. That's the only way I get up into that new and noteworthy section on iTunes. Other thing, if you want to deep dive into more conversations, uh, uh, join my Slack channel. My channel, if you go to the website right now, Woodshed Agency, you can see it in there, and, uh, and you can sign up. So, all right, my daughter's freaking out because she wants a snack. I got a call in a couple minutes. This is the life of an entrepreneur and a crowdfunding consultant. So let me go ahead and kick it my conversation with Petter. How's it going? Yeah, very good. How are you? I'm doing all right. Well, this is Jeff, and I have my, like I told you, I got my business partner, Paul, on the line with me. Yeah. Hey. Hello, Paul. Hey, hey. Cool. So, um, yeah, I, I'm excited to chat about your uh, your campaign here, Kill the King. You're doing quite well, it looks like, on the old Kickstarter there. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a fairly modest uh, campaign with a modest goal, but uh, it's, it's, it's my first uh, campaign, so I'm very happy about the results uh, so far. That's cool. So tell me a little bit about the, uh, the project for my listeners. Just what's the game about, what's the strategy, uh, and, and what's entailed? Uh, yeah, uh, Kill the King is uh, my first game, uh, as I mentioned. Uh, it is a strategic board game where two players each control an opposing army. Uh, uh, where the where one player attacks a castle uh, while the other player tries to defend the, the castle and prevent the attackers from killing the king that's inside the castle. Uh, uh, the attackers have to have to hurry though because the defenders will be reinforced uh, by their own cavalry uh, outside the castle walls uh, in the, in in the middle of the game. So they have to hurry before they uh, are being overrun by uh, the horses. So, so that that's the that's the short uh, pitch uh, for the game. Uh, so, uh, should I t- talk about uh, the campaign uh, also? Well, yeah. So, I guess well, tell me a little bit about yourself and and kind of how you got into board games and um, you know where the this idea came from. Yeah. Uh, uh, by day, I am uh, a movie producer. Uh, I. Uh, I produce uh, mostly short uh, short films and uh, television shows and uh, and the company uh, videos. 
but I'm also uh, a fairly huge geek uh, and <laughs> love uh, everything that has to do with uh, games and uh, yeah and uh, history and medieval things and uh, and everything that's uh, geeky. So uh, I've al always had uh, had a dream about uh, crea creating a game. Uh, so uh, the the thought has been there for a long time, but it was. Yeah, last year uh, suddenly the, some of the uh, game mechanics just popped into my head and I uh, made a, a really poor uh, prototype that I forced my sister to play with. <laughs> uh, uh, and, uh, and it actually turned out to be uh, not that bad, so I uh, developed it more and, uh, and yeah, that's... Uh, and now it's on Kickstarter, so it's uh, yeah. Now would your, it, it's cool. would your sister say the same thing about the game? Did she have a great time playing the, the first prototype? Yeah, she, she was a bit skeptical because I had to to tape together uh, some uh, some shopping lists and uh, and uh, and I used some scissors and pens to draw stuff uh, on it. And, but and she was skeptical at first, but she uh, after a bit of convincing, she she must, uh, had to admit that she had some fun playing it. So she she, she would understand that some other uh, geeks like me would would like it. That's cool. So with a background in video. Is there anything that ties into board games? Is there like a trait that you do when you're shooting a video that that you found kind of you know overlaps a little bit? Yeah, that was a kind of a surprise. I didn't uh, expect that because uh, I am I am a producer, uh, as I said, and I work a lot with uh, budgeting and uh, project planning and uh, all that stuff, and that's. Uh, Almost uh, the, we, we go almost uh, over the same aspects uh, when we do game creation. I, I discovered, and that was quite uh, fun because I'm uh, also a geek uh, about uh, spreadsheets in Excel and <laughs> and uh, and all that. So that uh, works fine. And uh, and and I also have to uh, or could could be creative as I uh, when I uh, direct movies also. So. Uh, it's it I I um, I can be creative when I create game also so uh, yeah it's it's uh, a lot of the same actually that was quite cool that's cool so yeah. so I, yeah go ahead Paul can, um so the you know I watched the video I'm looking at the game it looks fun it looks cool the the counters sort of remind me of the old you know Avalon Hill squad leader games that I played when I was a teenager and yet this seems like it's a lot more fast paced than those games and I'm curious if you think I mean are you know is there a genre of games that you're designing within that are sort of a fast paced counter based games or is your game sort of a new entry a new kind of kind of genre. Uh, uh, it's funny that you mentioned that because a lot of people have said that, that, it, that, uh, that it looks like uh, an old-fashioned uh, war game. Uh, I have never actually played an old-fashioned war game, but I've uh, always wanted to do that. So it, I think it was a coincidence that it uh, actually looked like an old war game. Uh, and, and people who have played uh, one of those games that you mentioned has uh, uh, told me that... Uh, it is a kind of a fast-paced uh, gateway game into the wargaming uh, genre, I think. But it's uh, it's quick to learn. But it also for the strategy nerd, uh, you can also geek out about uh, doing a Roman phalanx thing and uh, cavalry charges and do all the the histor historical uh, strategies and all that. So it's uh, yeah, it's it's quite diverse, I think. So um, yeah, cool. 
So, obviously, Kill the King is your favorite board game of all time, but if it wasn't that, what is your favorite game that you've ever played uh, at growing up? Uh, I think, uh, uh, for, for board games, I think I have to go with Axis and Allies. <laughs> uh, I enjoy uh, playing uh, the, a game that takes uh, over uh, seven or eight hours and two hours to just set up. <laughs> that's, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's uh, I, I love that. Because uh, if, you, know, you know, if you play a fast game that only takes uh, 10 minutes, you don't uh, care what your decisions are and the outcome of it. Because, but uh, when you play a longer game, every decision counts. Uh, so uh, I like that you have to give some effort uh, when you when you have to play stuff. So uh, yeah, but uh, but I also uh, love uh, playing computer games and uh, obviously uh, the Total War series, Rome Total War and uh, Medieval Total War has been a great influence on my uh, creations uh, lately. That's cool. What's the uh, the biggest difference that you might have found and if you can speak on this, like the gaming community in Norway compared to maybe United States or other other countries. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the gaming community in Norway is uh, there is a community and it's uh, quite good, but it's uh, very very few. So uh, uh, I I had to think it over when I was deciding if I wanted to uh, to create this game or not because. Uh, I, I could reach out to the Norwegian community, but uh, that would uh, not get me a lot of backers that I needed. So I have to to reach out to the uh, international uh, community and uh, the uh, United States. And uh, but, but uh, it's it's all, almost the same, just uh, just a lot bigger uh, in in the US. Uh, we ha we also have uh, small conventions here in Norway, but uh, they are just uh, small farts compared to, to your conventions, I think. <laughs> So you're you're successfully funded already. You had a it was a three thousand six hundred dollar goal in U.S. dollars. Yeah. What do you th What do you think uh, you did right to to get yourself successfully funded? What did you What was the What were the things that really you know got you to that to that goal? Uh, I, I have done a lot of research on uh, on the Kickstarter. Uh, uh, f uh, science, if you can call it like, like that. Uh, I've read uh, all uh, the blog posts from uh, uh, James Stegmaier and listened to um, Richard Bliss' uh, podcast, uh, "Funding the Dream," and uh, James Matthew and all all of the all of the uh, uh, Facebook groups that's uh, giving Kickstarter advice. And I, uh, uh, the main thing I've learned from these uh, forums is that you have to create a following before. Uh, before you launch, and uh, I, I knew that I uh, wouldn't get, since this was my first project, I wouldn't uh, get that uh, uh, big of a following. Uh, so I just had to adjust the game uh, game expectation and uh, the complexity of it, uh, so I could could uh, make this as a as a modest game, but also a very cool cool game, and uh, this could be the the starting point uh, for our game company to produce more uh, games later on. So I, I can see one of the things you did was um, you, you, you've got some paid previews out there. You went out to YouTubers and, um, and, uh, and I'm curious, um, you know, how much money did you spend on that? Do you feel like you got good value out of that? Do you, you know, does it, did it create you know the kind of energy and the number of backers you expected, or what did you? You know, uh, yeah, uh, 
Yeah, actually, I I'd, uh, only paid for uh, for one of the review uh, the reviews, uh, and I I think he was one of the best uh, I got. Actually, uh, it it wasn't that much uh, to uh, to spend on him. It was a, a decent amount, uh, but uh, all the other ones was uh, was done for free, uh, and a lot of them was. Uh, well, uh, we're doing the previews only of uh, print versions of, of the game, uh, so I could save a lot on. Uh, don't, so I didn't have to ship all the prototypes uh, to them because I didn't have that much prototypes when I was doing the preview uh, outreach. So um, yeah, but I think the, uh, the preview videos and the review videos was. Uh, uh, a very important thing to have them uh, launch at the same day as the as the campaign started and and all that stuff. So I'm I'm very happy with uh, all the videos over there and and the written stuff also. How did you find the people that you reached out with, out to to do to do previews? Uh, I just scanned the the internet and uh, various groups and and stuff. Uh, so uh, when I uh, started, I had had lined up. Uh, perhaps five or six uh, reviewers that was uh, going to publish it on, on uh, the same day uh, and I reached out to them perhaps uh, two or three months before the, the launch date um, and uh, and this, uh, the, the few weeks before I launched I uh, was was approached by other uh, by, by some other reviewers who wanted to to make a review of the game, so I just sent them. Uh, I, I said to them, "Yes, that would be uh, awesome, but I can't uh, send you the uh, the hard copy of the game. But I can send you uh, the print and uh, play, print and play version. Would you be happy with that?" And they uh, said uh, yes. So I just uh, sent them that and hoped that they would make it uh, to the launch date. And uh, luckily, they did. So uh, I, I think I got uh, a fair amount of reviewers uh, on the page now. I don't know how, how many it was uh, in the end. Yeah, but I'm happy with it. Cool. So um, did you do did you do any advertising beyond that? Did you do Facebook ads? Did you do ads on Board Game Geek? Uh, yeah, I, I looked into the ads, uh, uh, and I discovered that uh, the uh, uh, the ads on Facebook was uh, I've done some Facebook ads and then boosted the posts because the, I can uh, just uh, boost one post for ten dollars and uh, perhaps get five likes or ten likes on it. So I'm uh, I'm quite happy with the, the result of that. I I didn't. Uh, do any board game geek uh, ads because uh, I've heard that they are quite expensive. Uh, they do get, get a lot of return, but uh, uh, they are uh, to my small campaign. I think that it was uh, was uh, was was too expensive. So, but I'm uh, I'm, uh, I'm happy with the uh, with the results that I've gotten from uh, from uh, Facebook ads, and now I'm trying to to get an ad on uh, on. Uh, uh, another page that I've forgotten the name of <laughs> now, but yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It, it's mainly a Facebook ad, so yes. So if you look at your Kickstarter dashboard, the majority yeah. of your incoming backers are coming from Facebook or from elsewhere. They are coming from uh, uh, almost thirty percent is coming from uh, from Facebook, uh, yeah. actually, and and. Uh, Around uh, yeah, thirty percent is coming from the Kickstarter page itself, but uh, 
but I, that's not that accurate because people may have heard it on Facebook and then searched on Kickstarter. So, uh, but I'm uh, yeah, uh, Facebook is the is the biggest one, and then uh, it's Kickstarter, and then it's uh, uh, other pages. Uh, uh, other than um, Kickstarter, it's just two percent here and one uh, percent there. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, cool. So when you're starting out and you're kind of in that early stage of this idea of the board game and you're trying to send it out to reviews, how do you get those first like prototypes built? Um, how do you do the one-offs just to get you know a hard copy out to people? There, uh, there are many uh, uh, manufacturers that produce uh, small quantities of stuff. Uh, so uh, I just reached out to one of them, and uh, they could make an uh, make an a fairly uh, decent copy of the prototype. Uh, and uh, I just ordered a couple of those and uh, sent it out. And because I had the the design for the the game quite early, so I could uh, do some scouting on the web, uh, finding good prices, and uh, yeah, that's cool. So that is like, yeah. Is it you know? Do you find that you're making modifications after that? Like after you actually maybe think about it in your brain and make that first prototype, and then you hold it, and you're like, uh, or do, you know, do you find that there's an editing process in there at all? Yeah, uh, the game has been uh, after after I sent it to the the the, uh, the first reviewers uh, back in uh, uh, June, I think uh, it has been uh, had some some slight uh, adjustments here and there, but it, it's 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 the same picture. But uh, it's I'm always adjusting it a bit, uh, almost every week. Uh, yeah, so it's a uh, it's a uh, you know art artists never finished. It's just uh, left. <laughs> Right. How, how yeah. about how about the um, you know the challenges of making a board game for basically the world? You know, um, pricing and shipping and language, all of those sort of variables. How do you determine all of that? You know, that's a huge undertaking to make a product basically global. Um, yeah. So how do you you know, especially when you're at such a young stage in this and 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 have a smaller community around you, how, how do you make those choices? Uh, yeah, uh, if we we're going to talk about shipping, that was the, the biggest concern I had before I, I started this because I read so much uh, on uh, the Stonemaier blogs uh, uh, on uh, how how many errors you can do and uh, how it can blow up in your face. So but I wanted to be sure that everything was uh, was done right and properly. So I. Uh, um, I I have been uh, doing a a spreadsheet on the shipping costs uh, for uh, over a half year before I I, um, launched the campaign and I've been talking to and getting quotes from different uh, fulfillment centers around the world and uh, I think I have uh, a good control on, on the issue now and I'm quite glad that I have a, a modest campaign as my first one because uh, now I can uh, do all the shipping stuff with uh, uh, not that many games, but I'm, go- I'm going to learn all the big process of it. So, so uh, until next time, I w- I'm going to be prepared for uh, when I'm having a bigger uh, quantity of games. That's cool. So, I guess. You're at, you know, so you, you keep talking about that you have ideas for more games. Are you exceed, are you envisioning maybe expanding upon this storyline or story arc, per se, or do you envision as a company that you would start developing other people's games or just you know, more ideas? What 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 does the future hold? Uh, 
I think uh, I will have to see how the uh, the fulfillment uh, section of the of this game is going uh, before I do any any promises. But I, I am uh, thinking about uh, making uh, more games, uh, not uh, not specific, uh, specifically on on the Kill the King uh, storyline, but uh, perhaps some other uh, some other genres. But uh, I actually tested a, a small prototype today of a new game. Uh, and I discovered it has a lot more work to do uh, be, be done before it's ready. Uh, but uh, Kill the King was all uh, was at the same stage uh, last year. So, uh, so uh, yeah, I, I, and, and um, Kickstarter and uh, game creation is is so much work uh, and, and so much fun. I have to say, but it's so much work that I uh, don't think I will at this moment uh, be publishing other games that uh, aren't created by me and my mm. partner. Yeah, that's uh, so. What what about you know? As you're kind of you know envisioning this sort of next phase, you know, are you also kind of looking back and wondering, you know, would this have done a little bit more? Are you second guessing anything, or is there anything you really wish you would have done prior to launching this Kickstarter? Uh, I, I was uh, before I uh, when I was going to this interview. I was thinking about uh, if you were going to ask me that question, <laughs> and, and 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 I discovered I I think I've done uh, most of the things at at the right order and uh, and I hope at the, at the correct uh, way. So. Um, I, I, I'm uh, satisfied with uh, this being my, my first modest campaign, and uh, then uh, I think the next step will uh, be a, a bigger uh, campaign. So, uh, but of course, I could have done more uh, PR and marketing and get uh, the following uh, bigger and all that, and maybe gone to uh, a few uh, conventions outside Norway. But that uh, that would have been uh, quite costly, and so. But. Uh, yeah, next time I think it will. Uh, I will do that. But I, I'm uh, the the process now has been. I've, I've done a lot of research and I've followed the steps. Uh, I think correctly uh, as I learned on the on the internet. So, uh, so yeah, I'm. Uh, I think I've done things correct. Hopefully. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, you've you know you've doubled your goal. So yeah, <laughs> you know you've done a good job. How yeah. about, <laughs> how about your stretch goals? Talk to me about how you work those into your campaign and possibly. I mean, I, I, it looks like to me that they enhance the game the way your stretch goals are laid out. Yeah, uh, the uh, the stretch goals that are uh, are unlocked uh, to, uh, at this moment is uh, we have added coins uh, to the game and some new units and uh, and the most of the the stretch goals will be new units. Uh, my my fear is that it will uh, water out uh, the the. Um, because because some of the charm of the game now is that you have uh, have um, a, a, a few units to work with, but if you get more of the units, you, uh, it uh, might won't be that fun to play with. But uh, but I've tested a lot with with the new game uh, uh, game units, and and uh, I think it will work very good. I, I'm really looking forward to to uh, trying out the, the the siege towers that was uh, unlocked yesterday and mm-hmm. uh, and the peasants that that uh, hopefully will be unlocked before we end and and we have some uh, uh, somewhat crazy uh, units that will uh, be added to the mix uh, 
further down the line if we unlock, unlock the uh, the peasants. So I'm uh, I'm and I'm really excited to hear about what uh, the community is going to think about uh, some of the uh, stretch goals that we're going to add later on in the in the campaign. So I I really like the the reward tier that you have where people can pick pick up the game themselves in yep. at a pub in in Norway. Yeah. Um, tell me, you know, did you get that idea from some other campaign that you saw? Have you been to an event like that? You know, is there an opportunity for players to, you know, backers are going to meet each other and sit down and play the game right then and there. It just sounds like, you know, a, a really cool potential event. What, you know, what's it going to be like? And, you know, what was your inspiration for that? Yeah, I, I think I just saw it on some other uh, Kickstarter campaign, and I think that was uh, was a good way to to make uh, the local um, uh, community here not to, first of all not have to pay shipping to them, <laughs> and also uh, get them to together and uh, and perhaps the uh, the backers can play with each other. and 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 the pub that uh, they will pick up the games is is a place called Work Work. Uh, and uh, but the good thing about the pub is they also have a lot of board games and uh, pinball machines and uh, beer and uh, all that. So it, it's it's a good place to to be. And they also are very engaged in the in the gaming community uh, and the game creation community. I have uh, held. Uh, some uh, lectures there on the uh, Kickstarter uh, creation and uh, everything, and so so they are very uh, very engaged, as I said, and uh, it was just natural to me to to have have it there to as a thank you to them. So perhaps people can get the game and buy their beer and uh, leave some cash there, and uh, everybody wins. That sounds like yeah, it sounds great. That sounds like an awesome night, personally. You know. mm. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, you, so you've got 16 days to go. Where is your head right now in terms of the campaign? You know, you're real close to unlocking another, you know, a few more, you know, another stretch goal. Where are you envisioning the, you know, the next 16 days going for the campaign? Yeah, uh, uh, right now uh, we're in the, the middle of the campaign, as I said, and it's uh, the uh, the more slow section of of the campaign. We are the first uh, few days are very funny because everybody backs and uh, if you, the number is going up very fast. But now it's uh, we are getting uh, three or four backers uh, each day, and it's it's it's, it's a bit a bit. Uh, um, uh, psychologically, it, it's it's a bit more uh, heavier than. <laughs> than I, I think everybody hates me and, and stuff because they don't want to back me. But, <laughs> That's but, an elegant uh, way of saying that you know you're getting nervous about stuff. You know, why, yeah. why do people like this? <laughs> so uh, so, uh, but but uh, but I know things will pick up uh, in the end. Hopefully, when the 48 uh, hour mark will. Uh, Will kick in. Uh, so, uh, but but I have some uh, marketing uh, tricks uh, up my sleeve. Hopefully, uh, that I will uh, uh, put out these days. So we will keep the momentum going. That's awesome. Uh, so, uh, you know, I guess I, I just I'm, I'm I'm really learning so much about these board games because as I've I've said on multiple podcasts, like I'm not a huge board game guy, but I, I'm always fascinated just on how much thought and and. And and the way that you're moving people through these you know worlds basically, um, I'm fascinated just over and over by it. How, how how long do you think you put your t put time into this campaign? Or, you know, in that, not just the campaign, but the actual board game itself of the rule books and stuff. 
how, how much time did it take to you, for you to get to this point uh, <laughs> in the board yeah. game? Yeah, I, I've uh, actually stopped watching movies and playing uh, computer games uh, when I'm off work. <laughs> and uh, I'm just uh, developing this uh, this game and the Kickstarter page uh, every single moment I have free time. Uh, and I have, uh, of course, balanced uh, the life with uh, my wife and my dog. But uh, <laughs> but uh, apart from those two, uh, it, it's all, all about the game. So it's, uh, it's a lifestyle, but, but I like it. It's awesome. So yeah. great. So... Well, I got to tell you, man, Paul, I don't know if you got any more questions, but uh, I think I got all my info I need on my end. Yeah, no, I think it's, I'm, I'm good. I think it's, uh, I think it looks like a super fun game. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> I, it, 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 it uh, yeah, it looks like something that, I, you know, it's funny too, because this is a shorter game, right? This is something that you could play in a half hour or so, or, or an hour or so, I should say, right? This is uh, a little shorter uh, and it looks like something that you could have a nice Friday night with some with your buddies, sitting around having some beers. It looks like that sort of game to me, uh, and it looks just looks awesome. Yeah, I, I actually, actually, uh, one of the playtesters said uh, uh, fr- spontaneously when he played it, "This is a, g- a game that I want to drink beer with." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny. That's the vibe I get from it when I'm looking at the yeah. page. Like that's like you know that's why I bet you. Hopefully you uh, you know with your video camera skills uh, record that night you have at the bar. We, yeah, <laughs> because it's gonna be like it might be your marketing calling card. Like, have a beer, yeah. sit down, play a little, kill the king. So, uh, well, great. I, I I can't tell you enough how much I appreciate you taking some time out of your day and letting us uh, kind of pick your brain a little bit about your your campaign and uh, and hearing about your your tricks and uh, and and how long it took you to get to here and how you got your uh, campaign successfully funded. So I appreciate it big time, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye.
Is it clear or made of words? Do you look to inner outside worth? Cause you know if you look around There's gonna be a lot of things That displease Single out the things that 